Welcome to Let's Talk Conservation, the podcast connecting you to people and foundations working to protect our planet. Each week we will travel the world hearing from those dedicating their time to conserving animals, ecosystems and communities. So, Let's Talk Conservation. Welcome back to Let's Talk Conservation. Today I'm joined by Kimberly Ray, founder and CEO of Marine Conservation Network. Thank you so much for joining me today, Kim. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. You have a really impressive um, foundation here that promotes uh, local and global community projects. It's a really great endeavor that a lot of people don't know about. And so today uh, it'd be really good to get more information about what you do. So um, but if you could just start off by giving us a summary of yourself uh, and how you came to create this fantastic network, that'd be great. Okay, well, I've the ocean has been in my blood all my life. I was born in Florida. I grew up on the water. My father was a um, recreational fisherman and was a 60s child. So she was very much into nature and respecting animals and all that. And I grew up always being in the water, sometimes too long where my mother had to pull me out because I would just start <laughs> turning blue. <laughs> and I would watch shows like uh, Jacques Cousteau, Underseas and everything like that. And I just fell in love with the ocean. I fell in love with the mystery and the difference of animals that were under there And as I grew up, I started studying it and realizing how important it is and how much we depend on it. And and from a very young age, I knew that even then, before there was all these big controversies going on, I knew it was important to preserve and protect the animals in it. So I went to school for it. I did at that time. I did go to a lot of aquariums because that's how I learned about a lot of animals that I couldn't see, even though I was in the water a lot. So I did that. And. Jump all the way to coming to Santa Barbara about eight years ago. I started volunteering over at our local, what's called a sea center, local aquarium. And I worked at the shark tank. And the shark tank was, they were harmless sharks. They were swells, horns, um, some thornback rays, guitar fish, those kind of things. But our job was to bring up, at least the swell sharks anyway, bring them up to the surface so people could touch them and see them and realize that they're not these big, dangerous, great whites that a lot of people think when they think of shark, that's all they think of is great whites. And there's so many, you know, varieties of them, so many species. But in that we were taught to speak in Latin terms and scientific terms only. And the reason they wanted that is because they wanted to protect what was being said. They didn't want anything to get misunderstood or misconstrued or anything like that. They didn't want the public to think these are pets. So they just wanted to keep it in that format. And we had a lot of tourists because Santa Barbara is a tourist city. And 90% had no idea what I was talking about. None. Mm-hmm. They, you know, what, what is a phylum cordata? It's like, they didn't know what that is. So I decided to start talking on there to where they understood what I was saying, but it got to the heart of the situation of why these animals are important, why the ocean is important, what we can do to protect it. And the more I talked on their level, the more retention I got, the more returns I got, meaning the tourists would come back to see more and see more. And I, one little story is I had a shark there that actually I created a bond to where whenever I'd show up for my shift, he would automatically come over to me and Mm -hmm. lay on my arm for like 15, 20 minutes. And everybody thought, you know, well, why aren't you standing up? You know, let it go. Because I wouldn't move. And I would just jokingly say, would you move if you had a shark in your arm? I don't think so. 
So I would just let him rest. But I realized there is a disconnect between the general public Mm -hmm. and scientists because they all have their own little cliques, their own language. And because there's that disconnect, that's why enough's not being done. That's why more damage is being done than anything else. Mm So then I started looking into that and I talked to some people to find out if that would be something that they would be interested in. And I got a hundred percent yes everywhere I went. So I started developing Marine Conservation Network where we pretty much educate everybody. Which is great. That's been Um, six years now. (laughs) (laughs) No, which is really impressive and and really great. And I, over Vancouver, I've I've volunteered in the aquarium down here as well. And it is something that you see because people, they see it, they think it's great. They don't know the scientific names. They're not marine biologists. They don't care the family it's from. But if you bring it down to a level they can understand, they get engaged with it, then they want to kind of look after it and protect it. And especially with kids. Right. Like telling kids about how small the gap, you know, where an octopus can squeeze through and the things it could do, their faces would always just be like, what? And then that's it. Jacques Cousteau said it perfectly. Jacques Cousteau said it perfectly. He said, we Mm. cannot protect what we don't love. Yeah. And that's what you have to do is you have to get to their heart and show them that these are animals and creatures and a world worth loving. And this is why you need to protect it. Yeah. And it's, no, it's great to set up, um, something like the marine conservation network because say because it is that it is that link which is still kind of missing a lot in the world between the hard blowing science and all the technical right. and the public who you know they want to talk about it and they want to do something but don't you know don't know how to ask or where to go to get the information exactly through ncu as well you ncn sorry you have um a lot of community engagement projects as well and the big one that i was really impressed by when looking through you guys to get ready uh, was your youth ambassadors program, which is great because it really is kids at this point who are going to be growing up and wanting to get into the world of saving everything. Uh, could you just talk exactly. to me a bit about your youth ambassadors program, how kids get involved and who it sort of is aimed well, at? Well, I'm, I'm actually really excited about it because like you said, it's really important that the youth get involved because they are the next generation that's going to be taking care of the ocean and taking care of our future. And there's a lot of them, a lot of them out there that, again, want to get involved, but the thought of what they have to learn and what they have to do is scary, you know, and it's a very competitive world. Marine biology is a very competitive world, and it's also a lot of areas. It's not just one flat area like marine biology, that's it. I mean, you've got fisheries, you've got conservationists, you've got all kinds of areas, and each area You'll work in each area depending on your personality. And the whole reason I developed MCN is because even though I went to school for this, I typically on a regular day don't have the scientific mind where I can sit there in a lab and go over all these terminologies and absorb it. So I started looking out there for young um, ambassadors from ages 8 to 15 that are excited about the ocean, that are already actively doing something to save the ocean, whether it's education, you know, educating their peers, or whether it's just getting out there and doing something about it. Somebody that really wants to make a difference. Yeah. And the, I have two at the moment, cause it's just it's brand, brand new. And one was referred to me and the other one I found and they are phenomenal. I'll t- and I'll tell you very briefly, 
the one that's 12 is in Florida. She is an ROTC. She is a diver. She's starting her own nonprofit. She does very well in school. And then I have a nine-year-old in Sri Lanka who is a force to be reckoned with. I, I'm just, she makes me want to be better. Okay. <laughs> she's got her own YouTube channel. She's writing papers. She's got, writing a book. She's interviewed scientists. She's actively doing something. Wow. So what we do is we have an application out there that anybody that can, that wants to recommend a youth from ages eight to 15, that would be great for a youth ambassador. They send, they send their names in. We have them fill out an application because we do want them doing well in school. It mm-hmm. can't be just a fly by night. They have to seriously be really, their heart has to really be into this and they have to be actively doing something already. Not yeah. just like, you know, Oh, I kind of like it kind of thing. It's got to be really serious. And we have also developed a scholarship for them. So once they uh, graduate high school and they continue on this path, doing well in school and being active in ocean conservation, we have a scholarship for a college or course of their choice. That's incredible. Because education is important. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's not, it doesn't have to be one specific type because different education is good for different people. But we really want to encourage them to grow and to make a difference and make an impact on the ocean mm-hmm. so that i'm really excited about it and we're and we're taking applicants from all over the world so it doesn't matter where you live as long as you fit the qualifications you're more than welcome to join us that's incredible i i didn't realize that the scholarship but that is wonderful because it can be especially if they are from other areas of the world where maybe um financing for for higher education isn't always necessarily yeah. available they have that option that's incredible and they do sound like forces to be reckoned with your current ambassadors. Yes, they do. <laughs> they are. I need to do a lot more. <laughs> <laughs> so apart from the Youth Ambassadors Program, you're also very uh, engaged with like your local community around Santa Barbara and, and the area as well. Um, I saw through on your website, you have um, options for people if they find uh, stranded marine mammals or if they want to have an area of their beaches cleaned up, they can get in touch with you guys. Do you get a lot of calls for that? Well, we did before COVID. Before COVID, yes, we got a lot of calls. Um, one thing I have to be clear is that we're not a rescue, um, specifically rescue organization. Hmm. What we do is we're the middleman for like Simwe, which is um, Channel Islands Marine Wildlife Institute, yeah. and a middleman for the LA Center, because mostly for the one here, because they don't have a lot of manpower, especially since COVID, and they can't get out there as quickly as they would like to sometimes. So if we're out close by or somebody calls us, we'll go out there and monitor the animal and see if they even need to call Simway. It might be just up there resting, which a lot of people get confused that mm-hmm. if they think it's resting, something must be wrong. And that's not true all the time. So, but since COVID, um, we haven't gotten too many calls. It's actually kind of eased off a little bit. Yeah. The beach cleanups we were putting together, we weren't really getting a lot of calls for that, except for the fact people would call us if they saw like a crab trap, because nobody knows what to do about a crab trap. Yeah. And basically what you do is there's a buoy on it, and usually on the buoy is a number. And if you call that into the Harbor Patrol, they'll come get it, because it's actually violation. Oh, okay. So, yeah. but, other than, yeah, but other than that, since COVID, um, a lot of things have actually slacked off. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to start picking up this next year. I mean, this next summer. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I uh, hope that they do. Yeah. It's really good. Well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a catch 22. Yes. But no, I mean, no, because we don't want those animals to suffer and beach and be sick and all that. But yes, because the activity of 
knowing that thing done and things are happening in a good way is good. Yeah. When somebody has called in though, with like, for example, with the beach Kings, like, what is it? Do you have like a team of volunteers that go out in the desert or do you advertise it and get like the community involved? That kind of thing. Like we, we advertise and get the community involved. Definitely. Um, because the more people we have involved, the better the impact. We have a very small team. We don't have like 20 or 25 people. And plus they all have their own jobs anyway, but we do let the um, community know that we're going to be doing a beach cleanup at such, such date, such, such beach. And then we get them involved. That's really good. That's nice. And I imagine you get people who do want to come out and do that kind of thing. It's, it's nice that you get the community engaged because again, yeah, the community caring, not a lot really gets done. <laughs> it's, and it's, and it's hard, especially since COVID. I mean, everybody's frame of thinking has changed because they're so scared. They're more concerned, more concerned about, what's going on with them personally, which is understandable. I mean, they should be, but we also have to think about our future, you know? So that's why we let them know, okay, here's something you can do to kind of help out the future so that we can have a better world again. Yeah. So we definitely get the community involved. And are you out there very actively? Obviously I know that we're sort of talking sort of virtually right now, because as you say, with, with COVID, but I mean, when, pre-COVID and hopefully afterwards, are you then sort of very actively sort of boots on the ground in the field, talking to people, bringing these um, problems? Yes, yes, yes. And we especially go down the harbor. Um, Before, not so much now, but before COVID, they used to have a fish market there every Saturday morning, early in the morning. Mm -hmm. And all kinds of people are down there, tourists and locals and everything. And we talk to them. We meet with them. Um, If there's an event that's going on that usually in October, we have the seafood festival. We go down and talk to people there. We're always going out and, and it more so it's picking up. It's picking up more and more. We're always going out there and advertising, you know, who we are, we're here to help, you know, contact us, let us know if you hear anything, you know, that kind of thing. So we're more and more getting out in public. Oh, that's no, really good. And then you sort of do um, help, promote organize like smaller conservation organizations that maybe not everyone's aware of who are working on projects that you know maybe aren't the the big ticket items that people think about with doing that then do you you kind of doing the research to find these organizations or do they have heard about you and track you down and be like hey could you you, do you want to spotlight us can we sponsor you can Um, we email how does it work in the beginning we were doing a lot of the research and a lot of the networking where we would reach out to people but the longer that we're more that we're known, people are now starting to come to us and saying, you know, this is who we are. We're a small organization, but we really want to grow. Can you please help us out? And I've got actually, I've since we started in Sri Lanka, we have our ambassador out there and our youth ambassador um, program designer out there. More organizations from Sri Lanka actually contacted us in the past week. It's like amazing. You wouldn't realize how many are actually out there. I mean, they are out in the middle of the ocean. I'm glad they've got these organizations going, but nobody knows about them. They only know about Noah and everybody knows Noah, you know, or everybody knows the Cousteaus. These yeah. smaller ones yeah. are making a difference. But again, the only way they're going to make a big impact is if they're more well-known, if they have more members, if they have more you know, boots on the ground, as you say, that's the only way they're going to get it. So we start researching looking into them, finding out where they are located, what they're doing. And if they're right along the lines of what we're looking into, we will definitely offer to put them, put them up there on Spotlight. And I haven't had anybody turn me down yet because everybody everybody wants to get together. Everybody wants to build a community. Yeah. 
just now starting to come to us. So it's, it's picking up the other way. <laughs> it does make it a little bit easier when they come and find you as well. Yes, it does. Yeah. Um, would you mind sort of maybe just mentioning maybe like one or two of these organizations maybe that you found out in Sri Lanka? Um, just so you know, people, the listeners can hear a bit more about them as well. The first one that we got a hold of was Ocean Swell. Okay. They are located in um, Sri Lanka. In fact, our ambassador that's out there has also um, done an interview with one of the people that works with them. Okay. Good for her. And they're doing, they're sort of doing what we're doing. They're sort of, they've got a, um, what's called an Ocean's Hero Animation Shop, and they've got a skills building course where they're bringing young people in and teaching them how to research and how to do marine conservation. They're teaching them about the ocean and the animals that are in it. And they're also going towards helping them go to college and helping them take courses. So they're really good over there. Yeah, that's a really good one. I think there's only, I think we've only found about so far about two or three organizations over there that are really into um, marine conservation. There's Marine Environment Protection at Kayan Kearney Reef. They're really good. They're on the eastern shores of Sri Lanka. Okay. So there's quite a few out there. I had to I had to have them all in a file because there's so many. If I want to go back and look at them, if you ask me to throw out names, unless I work with them on a continuous basis, <laughs> I the names don't come to me so easily. It's good just to hear, like I say, to to hear a bit more about around the world. Like you say, like there's always the big name companies um, right. that we hear about, but then you know you forget there's other areas, communities where they're trying to do it, but they don't have quite the same coverage or support that like no right exactly. So, I mean, and that ocean swell one's similar to what NCN does. Sounds like a really good, like a really good uh, organization. You do so much to support uh, your local community, your local environments, uh, and as well as promoting a lot of global companies as well. Do you get much support back, either from like governments or sponsorships, that kind of keep you ticking over so that you keep uh, can keep giving out the good word? <laughs> well, we're an NGO. So we don't get government funding, but we do depend a lot on donations. Um, We have merchandise that we sell where a portion of it goes um, back into the organization. And then, of course, we apply for grants when we're needing a grant. That's where our funding usually comes from. We don't usually get it from the um, government because we're an NGO. Mm -hmm. Grants are always a very, very fun prospect. (laughs) Yeah. And, but we do bring on a lot of partners. We have about four or five partners right now with the organization, other conservation organizations to where they help us out a lot too. Oh, that's good. This is going to feel like we're going back with a little bit with it's working okay. in the harbors and stuff. Um, do they, are they, are they very receptive to kind of the message of doing marine conservation protection and all that? Or do you ever find yeah, it, some of the older boys who maybe are like, oh, it's my ocean. The fish will always be there kind of attitude. Well, you're always going to have that. You're always going to have the people that are like, no, we know what we're doing. Um, we're not going to change it. You know, don't interfere, that kind of thing. But that's very few compared to the majority. We are, have been very welcomed. And actually, in, in the beginning, they thought we were with the, um, the uh, Harbor Patrol because we had the official uniforms and all that. And I was like, no, no, because they were scared to talk to us. They <laughs> thought we were there to, you know, mark them up or write them up or something. Like, no, no, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> we're not here for that. But once they got to know us and the more we were out there, I mean, we have a boat. So we're out there all the time talking to all the fishermen. 
they started being very receptive and they're more than happy to talk to us. And we're there to help them too, because they've had a hard time, especially since COVID. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of headbutting between them and Noah and the other fish and game and everything like that, basically because they don't understand each other's language again, or their plans. But they're, they've been very receptive to us. And a lot of them are happy to see us now. They want to make sure mm-hmm. that we're getting the word out and getting them more people to come down there to see them. So it's actually turning out really good. Oh, that's good. Yeah, it's, it's a nice, well, it builds the community of protection and awareness as well, which is a good thing. Yes, exactly. And that's the whole point. We're not trying to stop them from doing their jobs. We're not trying to take their jobs away from them. We're actually trying to make it better for them, but also bring more people to them because that's how they make their living. Yeah. And sometimes it's just, it is what it is, right? I mean, right. people got to eat. Exactly. So we see once the world kind of opens up a bit more, you guys can get back out on the ground, but where kind of in, in your sort of going forward in the future of uh, NCN, like how do you see yourselves expanding your reach and coverage to educate and raise awareness? Well, we are keeping on the pattern that we're doing. We're just, we're going global. We're opening up more offices. I mean, we have a branch in Sri Lanka, we have a branch in Italy and we are actually um, building another branch over in Florida. We're actually, we've got a team here that's going to stay here in Santa Barbara, and they're going to keep the things going here, but we are moving the corporate office over to Florida and start building out there now, and that we're going to be doing that probably like the middle of this year. So we're wanting to, yeah, we're wanting to go global, definitely. I mean, like I said, we've got branches in other countries and states already, but we're continuing to do that, and we're just going to keep spreading the word, bringing more communities together, and hopefully make a bigger impact on the ocean than what's being done right now. And there's a lot, a lot of issues to cover. And there's no way that one organization can do it. And there's no way that one person can do it. So we all got to come together. And that means moving around and building new new branches. No, which is good. Um, do you get people kind of off the street coming up to you and talking and asking questions about, you know, how, what can we do about things like marine plastics or, you know, shark finning? Do you get people that come up and ask you specific topics about if you're working in towards that Um, everything in general? It's usually everything in general. I mean, we do have people come up to us and once they see who we are and we tell them what we do and everything, they'll ask us about, you know, what's the situation with shark finning? What's the situation with the nets out here? You know, and we'll update them on what we know. But we usually just talk to them and tell them if you hear anything, if you see anything, you can call us. We're right here on the Mesa, you know, let us know. And they're appreciative of that. And they said, great. And we've gotten a few calls with sea lions about not last year. I think the year before we had quite a few calls on sea lions because Mm -hmm. people, the general public don't know hardly anything about the sea lions, things that they think are not normal are are typically normal. Yeah. So they call us up, you know, what about this and what about that? You know, should we do anything? And we just tell them, you know, no, keep your distance. We're coming down there right now because we're right here. We'll check it out and we'll get back with you. Yeah. So when, so just following off from that then, so when they do phone and saying we've got a sea lion on the beach and they say it could just be resting and it could just be hauled out rather than being in any distress. And do you, would you call um, to a rescue service or do you and the general public would have done that first? Like what, you know, where do you fall in that sort of chain of well, usually. 
usually they call they call us because they haven't gotten a hold of us some way because again like i said the manpower um has shrunk because of covid mm-hmm. and it's really really difficult so if they the harbor patrol will call us or they'll call us and say okay we see the sea line down here and here's the situation i ask them to tell us where is it located do they see, do, can they see any physical injuries and what is its personality what is it doing and based on that will tell me if we need to go down there or not and then if we do, we say, okay, don't go near it. You, the law is you got to stay 150 feet away from the animal because they are protected animals and <laughs> they can be very aggressive. Yeah. So you don't want to get hurt anyway. So we go down there and we assess the situation and we can usually tell by looking at them after observing for about you know, 30, 40 minutes, do we need to call some we or not? And we usually tell them anyway, whether we they need to come out or not. We usually say, okay, we're down here. We see a sea lion. This is the situation. Yeah. And they'll tell us, okay, keep an eye on it. As soon as we can, we'll get down there. But right now it sounds like it's okay, but keep an eye on it. So, and we have like tape to kind of quarantine it off. So nobody goes around it. We do that. Um, we put signs up so nobody goes near it because people you know they're curious. They want to come over and see what's going on. And then nine times out of 10, they go back in the water. Yeah. And then if they don't go back in the water, we'll leave that day and come back. If we come back and they're still there, okay, somebody's got to come out because obviously they're not just yeah, resting. Problem. They need to come and check them out. But yeah. we always we always refer over to Simwe because they are the ones that specialize in that. But we're like the middleman where Simwe can't get out there right at the moment. Nice. At least there's um, someone there to kind of keep an eye and keep the public. Yeah, exactly. Because I know with that. A problem in the past like a few years back of people selfieing with seals and sea lions on beaches and then new people getting bit or it was getting very distressed and yeah some some people in the public don't really realize what they're doing we went to an elephant seal rookery one time and the elephant seals were all the way out up on the um, land almost out to the road and people were actually trying to go up to them and sit on them while they were sleeping and take pictures uh. And I, I just, I, I almost had a heart attack because there was one that was sleeping and this lady came up to me and she just got loud. She got really loud and he was the bull of the whole harem and he stood up and I had to get her out of there because he was getting ready to chase us. Yeah. And people don't realize these animals are powerful. They're 500 pounds, sometimes more. They're very aggressive, especially the males. And you can't just go up to them. Wild animals deserve respect. So that's mm-hmm. why we have the 150 feet away. Yeah, no, which is good. And I say I, I like that you say you sort of tape off around them. It kind of you see tape. Yeah, it's a it's a cautionary tape. Like you see, you know, police yeah. things. It's a cautionary tape that goes around, and it stands out enough to where people see it before they even get up on it. Yeah, which is good. <laughs> yeah. With uh, spreading the good word for conservation in your organization, do you go into uh, schools and do much interviewing and and uh, more of an online presence as well? Well, um, right now we're doing more of an online presence and we're doing like, like this, like live interviews, or we, you know, do like a program that we put up a video on online. We do have a YouTube channel to where people can go on there and use that for the class presentations. But, you know, again, it's been very difficult, but I think we're going to start getting back into it this year again, probably more so. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I hope so. I mean, I know it's been 2020 has been a been a bit of a year for all this kind of stuff (laughs) yeah it's been a tough year but you know what we're all going to get back into it we just got to do things a little differently this time that's all well I say with with trying to go global and with the way kind of 2020 went and the 
massive boom in the online world. I mean, maybe it might even start making your jobs, I would say easier, but you, your ability to reach people easier because everyone is so much now more on their social media. Right. On Zoom, oh on yeah, we, we got places we couldn't go before because of now we're all online. <laughs> <laughs> I would say it is, I really do love what, what you do, trying to connect the public to the science behind the ocean because like you say, if you don't understand it, you can't, you can't protect it, you know, and it's... Right, exactly. So yeah, it's educate, love, protect. It's kind of how that all goes hand in hand. And I really think it's incredible. Your youth ambassador program, I think is really wonderful. And the fact that you've already got sort of around the States, but also out in Sri Lanka is just really yeah. good. And I really hope it continues to, to gain ground and that you get more of a, a global... So do I. ...what you do. <laughs> so do I. I mean, the, the more young people we have going in this direction, the better it's going to be. Well, they're, and they're the generation now that are growing up with all this technology advancement that I will be honest, it baffles me a lot of the time. But this oh, is- I know. <laughs> me too. Me too. I get to the point where I can't even function it so much. <laughs> this is now the language of the world and you know, they're, they're more used to it. And so those young voices can spread it in a different way. So I really hope that the Thibasa program continues to pick up and gains ground and that you guys continue to get the community support to really spread your message. And I really appreciate uh, you taking the time to educate us about what you guys do today. Well, it's my pleasure. Hopefully we'll see how the podcast goes, but I mean, we can bring you back in down the line and see how your, um, maybe even how your move to Florida has gone, how your programs are picking up and have a catch up and see where you're okay. at. But yeah, no. I look forward to it. That's great. <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, Kimberly. I really appreciate your time. Okay, well, thank you. Thanks for joining us this week. For updates and links about the show and guests, you can check us out on Twitter at Let's Talk One. If you have any follow-up questions or comments for the guests, you can contact us by email at letstalkcons at gmail.com. If you want to hear more on the show and keep listening to us, please subscribe and follow. It means a great deal to everyone involved. Thanks for listening and have a great week.